Good morning. Kids are a gift from God. Amen? Kids are a gift. So whether you're here with us for the first time or the thousandth time, thank you for being here with us. All of our friends online, thank you for joining us. Today is week three of our marriage series, and you're never going to guess what we focus on today. Parenting. Parenting. Uh, I have a friend who this summer... Uh, maybe it was actually this spring, he became a new parent, him and his wife, and uh, they adopted a little kid, and I saw him at a ball game this summer, and I just said, hey, how's parenting going? And he gave me the look. You know the look, right? He gave me the look, and, and his response was this. He says, Justin, parenting is the hardest and most rewarding thing we've ever done. And anyone else affirm that? The hardest and most rewarding thing we've ever done. And our prayer for parents today is that we can help you in that hardest and most rewarding thing. As we go through this marriage series, the goal is that it's helpful for everyone, whether you're married or not, whatever life stage you're in. And so we hope that today is helpful in that regard, too. I remember when I first became a parent, it was apparent that I had a lot to learn. Um, but I remember the moment of Daisy's birth and for many reasons. One of those reasons is I had no idea what a woman goes through. And Annie and I hadn't agreed on a name prior to the birth. After I saw what we sh she went through, I said, you have naming rights full naming rights. But I remember when our little girl was born, and I, and I just looked at her, and I thought, how can I love someone so much that I just met? I, I, I mean, instantly there was this sense of, I would do anything for her, to protect her, to provide for her, anything to her. One of my first pictures with her is me offering her a Skittle. Anything for her, right? Before we left the hospital, they sat us down for the only formal training that the hospital gave us, and it was a video on how not to shake your baby. And it's a little disconcerting as a parent watching that video, like, why would I ever shake my baby? And then within weeks, you realize, I see why they gave us this video. But you leave the hospital and you think, is that the only measure of success? If I don't shake my baby, I've arrived? Is there any more to it than that? <laughs> and in the years since then, I've learned what many of you parents have learned. There is a ton more to it than that. So today we're going to look at probably the most famous, the most helpful, and probably also the most disappointing verse in all of the Bible having to do with parenting. And I'm going to have you turn there, and we're going to look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. So if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app, would you turn there? If you uh, want to use the chair Bible, you can turn to that, um, and it's page 900, I'm sorry, 528. Proverbs 22, verse 6. And 
I'm just curious, how many parents do we have in the room today? Just hold up your hand if you are a parent. Okay, we have a bunch of parents today, a bunch of parents. Um, I am also curious with that many parents, how many parents do we have here who say, you know what, I, I've definitely arrived as a parent. Like, just kind of curious, how many parents do we have that have arrived? Okay, so new parents, I just want you to look around and see there's not a hand up in the room. My parents have been doing this for almost 50 years now, and they still read parenting books. They still go to parenting conferences. They still attend adoption support groups. They're still learning. All the time when I talk to my mom, she's talking about new ways of parenting that she's learning with my dad. It's not something that I think any parent ever feels like they arrive. So don't, don't try to chase that, because I don't think you'll ever catch it. So, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Here we go. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Direct your children onto what path? The right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. All right, let me show it to you in, 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 in what maybe you're more familiar, translation, New King James. Train up a child, read this with me, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let's first look at how this is helpful before we look at how this is disappointing. All right, here's how this is helpful. Train up a child in the way he should go. There's something that God is telling us right off the bat. And that's that our kids are not naturally headed in the right direction. I mean, symbolically, all of us are raising kids that at one time or another are going to try to crawl off the stage. Right? I mean, <laughs> it's not a knock on, on, on Joe and Lex. It's just that's what our kids are doing. They're doing things that are, that, are, that are unsafe or things that are unwise. They're not naturally headed in the right direction. And so we have a responsibility as parents to train them up in the way they should go. Now, there's two very popular philosophies of parenting in the world. One is that our kids are blank slates, the tabula rasa theory, right? Our kids are blank, blank slates, and our job is just to put them in a loving, nurturing environment where they become the best version of themselves, okay? That, that's kind of the, the common theory of parenting. Your kid's a blank slate. The other one is that your kid's not a blank slate. Your kid is actually really on the good end of the spectrum. Your kid is an angel, and I think many parents go into parenting with that ideal, and within a few months, at least within the first year, you realize, well, that was totally false. My kid is not a little angel. And so God is trying to teach us, well, no, our, our children is bent, our kids are bent away from, from where they should go, and our job is to train them in the way they should go. Notice this, the way they should go is very different from the way they want to go. Often with parenting today, you're going to hear the advice that you're just trying to help your kids become what they want to be. Help them follow their heart. And God's like, nah, 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 that's not how it works. Your job is to train them in the way they should go. In the Hebrew language, the, the word for child rearing 
is the word that literally it means to twist to greatness. And I love that concept. So as parents, to train up is this idea of we are twisting our kids to greatness. Here's what uh, an author says, Reb Bradley. Twisting requires firm effort, sustained throughout their childhood, but especially the first five years. And it's kind of this idea, if you've ever planted a tree, when that tree is new and young is the exact time when you want to put stakes in and put a support in and aim the tree the proper direction. Because if you let a tree grow slanted and you say, I'll give it five or six years and then I'll straighten it, it's too late. You straighten it, then you break it. And so a sapling is what you want to straighten in the right direction. And so it's this idea that when, when you're raising a kid, you're in a sense, you're twisting them towards greatness, towards the way that God wants them to go. The number one goal of child parenting in the world is I just want my child to be, you've heard this, right? I want him to be happy. I want him to be happy. I want her to be happy. But here's what God says. Ephesians 6, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So, dads, we are not meant to parent in a way that our kids get frustrated and exasperated. Our kids aren't always supposed to be guessing, is my mom or dad happy with me or not? Am I doing it right? Am I not? If our kid is getting exasperated, there's something that we as a mom or a dad have to change. But instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, in the New Testament, this concept of bringing up, instead of twisting to greatness, it's a little bit of a twist on that. And it means to bring to maturity. So rather than this idea of, I want my kid to be happy. You know, now I love Daisy, and I don't want our oldest girl to be unhappy, certainly. But our number one goal for Daisy should not be her happiness. It should be her obedience, right? I want Daisy, we want Daisy to be mature. And so parents, if this can be our number one priority as a Christian parent, I want my child to be mature. I want to bring them up. I want to help twist them to greatness in the training and instruction of the Lord. Here's what this author says. Training is a conscious, active effort of instruction. This means we can't be passive and think that we're parenting. It's a conscious, active effort of instruction, discipline, and modeling. We must model this, and not simply a byproduct of a good environment or of a loving home. No wild horse was ever trained by being grouped together with trained horses neither will our children. Now, some of you really like that, and some of you are really bothered that we've just compared parent training with animal training. Is there a difference? <laughs> some of you are like, no. <laughs> there is. There is. And the one big difference is this. When you're training an animal, a dog, a horse, you're trying to control behavior. But if you're training a child, you're trying to win their heart. 
You're trying to win their heart. And I think if we can think about God being our heavenly father, this is exactly what God's trying to do. We often think God's trying to control our behavior. No, he's not. He's trying to win our heart. And if he wins our hearts, he has our behavior. And so mom and dad, just something to consider as you're twisting your child to greatness and bringing them up to maturity, do you have their heart? Remember my dad used to sit down with us and do family devotions at night and he used to do it with us three boys, I remember distinctly. He would, he would read it and, and he'd say to us boys, he'd say, hey sons, give me your heart. I didn't have any idea what he meant, but I do now, right? Give me your heart. Parents, if you want a good book on this philosophy, Shepherding a Child's Heart is a phenomenal book on the philosophy of Christian parenting. It's a deep read, it's a heavy read. But this is how to win your child's heart. And if you win their heart, you have their behavior. It's a byproduct of having their heart. Train up your child in the way they should go. The way they should go. Again, our world will tell you, if you're a parent, that your child needs to follow their heart. And God will tell you that your child needs to follow Jesus. Our world will tell you that your child needs self-esteem. And God will tell you that your child needs self-control. Right? And so for every piece of advice that our world gives us, there's probably something slightly different that God's told us. There's a, there's a right path. And we're not going to learn that from the world. And this is why we partner actively with parents all the time around here. We don't talk much publicly about some of the things we do, but I want you to know behind the scenes, we are meeting with parents there's a book that many of us mentor couples take parents through called Child Training Tips. During the summers especially, we take a lot of parents through this, and during the year, we, we do this as well. So this book is probably, if you're a parent and you want really practical advice, even really practical advice on how do I discipline my kids? Like, is it just the timeout method? Is there another method? What's the biblical method? You can't get more specific and more helpful than this book, Child Training Tips. So we take parents through this. We love going through this with parents. And hey, if you're a parent and you're like, I would love a mentor couple to take me through this, just ask, and we would love to take you through and help you practically to see how to do this. I had some of the best models of parents growing up, and I still am so glad that some people took me through this as a new parent because it laid a foundation for how to do things God's way. Train up a child in the way they should go. Here's the part of the verse that gets disappointing, right? If we look back at it, train up a child in the way he should go, twist him to greatness, bring him to maturity. But the second part is this, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Anyone know why I say this part's disappointing to some parents? Yeah. What do you do about the kids that do walk away? I've heard from a number of parents through the years that this is a promise that they're clinging to as they grieve that their kid has walked away from the truth. They've walked away from the right path. What do you do with this? And, and, and I've heard parents say, but God promised that they'll not depart from it. God's promise. So, so maybe he means that they'll come back someday. Maybe he means that if we set them on the right path, that even though they left it, they'll, they'll, they'll come back to it when they're old. And that's a promise that I've heard many parents clinging to. But the rub is, 
that there are many parents who have trained their kids right, but their kids, some of them, left that path. And some of them never come back. And, and then there's others who train their kids incorrectly, and somehow their kids turned out really well. It's like, hey, what's up with that? That doesn't seem very fair. So, so how can this promise be so clear and so unreliable? Do you believe that God always tells the truth? Do you believe that God never breaks his promises? So what do you do with this? Okay, by the silence, I'm not sure how to take that. What do you do with this? Well, well, let me just ask a follow-up question. What if, despite what this looks like, this is not a promise? What if it's not a promise? Now, I know that's shocking, and you're thinking, I'm just trying to read Scripture plainly. The way that you correctly read Scripture is you always want to read it plainly in context and understand the genre that it was written in. Genre is important. Whenever we read writing, we know if we're reading a novel, if it's nonfiction or fiction. We always know if it's an editorial or a news story. We always know that the genre is very important. What is the genre of this verse? Well, it's in the book of Proverbs, right? The Bible's a library of 66 different books. Proverbs is what type of literature? It's wisdom literature. It's wisdom literature. So let me give you just another example from the wisdom literature of Proverbs. Here we go. Proverbs 19.4. Wealth attracts many friends. Is that usually true? <laughs> yes. But even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. Ah, that's a wise saying. Now let me ask you. Does that mean everyone who's wealthy is loaded with friends? And everyone who's poor has their friends deserting them? No, I know some wealthy people who are very lonely, and I know some poor people who have a lot of friends. So while this is a wise saying that's usually true, it's not a promise that's always true. And that's why I say genre is so important. It's like if you tell your kid, hey, son, always, when you're going to cross a road, look both ways so you don't get hit by a car. And let's say your kid just decides, mom and dad aren't around, I'm gonna give this a try. And they bolt across the road and they make it to the other side. They're like, mom and dad lied. I didn't get hit by a car. Now, did you lie? No, you gave them really wise advice. Nine times out of 10, you cross a busy road without looking and you're gonna get plastered. It's not a promise, it's a wise saying. And so when we look at this wise saying from King Solomon to his sons, written down in the book of Proverbs, helpful for thousands of years, so many people have mistakenly taken this as a promise and clung to it and unfortunately been very disappointed when the promise doesn't come true. And if we instead realize this is a wise saying from a wise man to his sons, saying, hey, sons, I've been down the road of parenting. And I want you to know, nine times out of ten, you direct your kids onto the right path, and they're probably going to stay on it. That doesn't always happen. But it usually, usually does. And I think that's the hope of every parent, 
If, if I can direct my kid on the right path, my kid will not walk away from it. In the book of Deuteronomy, there's this statement on how to raise our kids, and I just want to read it, because a lot of people say, well, how do you do this? Is it about just taking them to church, or is it about maybe doing family devotion times where I read them some scripture, or prayer time before meals, and I don't really know how to do this thing of raising them onto the right path, twisting them to greatness, raising them to maturity. Here's what a great leader, Moses, said to his nation many years ago. He said, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Learning happens through repetition. Parents, do you ever feel like you've repeated yourself? If I have to say this again, I've said it a million times. That's how learning happens. That's actually what is biblical advice. Repeat. We must repeat, and we will repeat over and over and over. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them. So don't just command, but also talk about these things when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. So all throughout your day, parenting is this holistic process of instructing, equipping, and educating our kids. And then he says, this is kind of funny, tie them on your hands, these commands, wear them on your foreheads. So parents, have you gotten your kids biblical tattoos yet? Clearly this is what he's talking about, right? No, it's this, it's this idea of, and, and he even continues, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. May your home be flooded with the truth of God. May it be something that your kids can't escape because they're hearing it and they're seeing it all the time. And we all know that our kids are going to catch way more from us than they ever hear from us. And this is where biblical modeling comes in. Our focus as parents is not about our kids' happiness. It's about their maturity. It's about their obedience. I'm not meant to help my kids follow their heart. I'm meant to help them follow Jesus' heart. When I was a young parent, a new, newer parent, and I was getting really discouraged by one of my kids' behavior. Anyone else ever been there? Getting really discouraged, like, man, I am blowing this thing. I am blowing this thing. I am a terrible dad. I talked to my older sister, who'd kind of been around the block, and she just said, Justin, who's the best parent in the world? And I had to think about it for a minute, because I knew she wasn't talking about me or her. And finally, it hit me. I'm like, oh, it's God. God's definitely the best parent in the world. And she leaned into me, and she said, yeah, and have you seen his kids lately? Yeah, and I had that moment like, wow, I never thought of that. And she said, Justin, parent, kids, kids don't always reflect their parents. And kids don't always reflect their parenting. And for me, that was just so freeing. Like, God's done everything right with me, and I still constantly go off the right path. And so I have to realize my kid is a human being who's going to do the same thing, going to make their choices, make choices I don't agree with, I don't like. And yet my job is to do what God does with me, to continue to love me unconditionally. 
and continue to try to win back my heart. If you're a parent, this is your highest, highest responsibility is to twist your child to greatness, to raise them up to maturity. So we plead with you as your church family, don't outsource this job to the school. Don't outsource this job to the community. Don't outsource this job to the church. This is your responsibility. We can help you. We can come alongside you and help you do it well, but this is your job, mom and dad. Don't try to be their friend, their principal, their pastor, their teacher. Anyone, honestly, anyone can be those things, but only you can be their mom. Only you can be their dad. Love and nurture them well. And we as your church family, we promise we will support you, we will surround you with advice when, when it's asked for, but we will help you in this journey of twisting your child to the greatness that God has prepared and designed them for. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I think all of us as parents desire that we would train up our kids on the right path. And all of us desire that our kids won't ever leave that path. Father, I pray that we can hold on to this very wise advice. I thank you so much for each and every mom and dad here and at our other campuses today who are, who are dedicating not just their kids, but dedicating themselves to loving and nurturing and training and equipping their kids and leading by example. Father, as a parent myself, I realize I can't do this without your help. I just can't. I'm not consistent enough. I'm, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm, I'm not faithful enough. I'm not loving enough. I'm not unselfish enough. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And I think I can speak for every parent this morning. We need your help. So Jesus, would you, would you guide us as we follow you and as we teach our kids how to follow you and follow in our footsteps? God, when we mess up, help us to be humble and honest and to confess even to our kids. And may they see and hear what it looks like to be humble, gracious followers of Jesus. God, thank you so much for showing us a different way to do it than the world shows us. We love you. We thank you for this church family. And Lord, I, I am so blessed to have this church family in my life. And I know that, they, that our kids get our teaching at home reinforced at church. And they hear from other adults what it means to be obedient and to be mature. Thank you for a church family like this. Thank you for all the other parents and, 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 and cheerleaders and encouragers we have in this church who are so willing to come alongside parents and say, you're going to make it, and we, we're going to help. God, we love you so much, and we pray this in the awesome name of Jesus. Amen.